I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a two-way talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. You can tune in each week if you go to rapidfireradio.us, get signed up to join the conversation and be alerted whenever we go live. You can also call or text the Rapid Fire line, which is 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Leave a message if we're not here and we will play it on next week's show. We're also on the Rumble Cam now, so you can go visit us and view us at Rumble, uh, rumble.com, and we're pretty excited to be on over there. But our social media platform for Rapid Fire Radio and for Cape Gunworks is just that, at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio, everywhere you get your social media feeds. Whichever social media feed you prefer, you should be able to find us there. There's a few we're not on, but most of the big ones and uh, some of the alt ones as well. Uh, I have noticed, by the way, on, along those lines, a plethora of followers on Twitter um, where we used to get one or two a week, you know, but since the Elon takeover, uh, we we get many per day. So that's kind of exciting and nice to see when there isn't a foot on our throat of content that we create um, what happens organically so we're pretty excited about that but we would appreciate you guys liking subscribing sharing and commenting on our posts on whatever social media channel that you do view us on that way um, we will defeat those algorithms that do try to keep us artificially kept down so we we want to be out there in the in the public space and be easy to find from you liking, sharing, subscribing, and commenting on our posts. Uh, but yeah, spread the message far and wide and uh, let your friends, enemies, relatives, and neighbors know that we are here and we'll continue to provide great content for as long as we're humanly able to do. So um, I, we think it's great content. I don't know what you you say about that, but uh, we're ba- behind enemy lines here in Massachusetts and we're carrying the banner of the Second Amendment and hoping hoping to point other people in the right direction as it comes to Second Amendment advocacy in areas like Massachusetts and wherever you live. Uh, interestingly enough, I just had a conversation with somebody on the floor of the gun store and uh, about an hour ago, and I just saw a guy kind of hanging out, and I went over to him and I said hello and was just talking to him and he he saw my dog, so he's petting Arlo and saying hi to the dog. And then after a few minutes, he he finally said, uh, "Do you work here?" And I said, "Yeah, I do." Um, you know, co-owner of Cape Gunworks. And he goes, "Oh, this place is great." He goes, "I already shot today, and uh, my wife and I we went out and shot, and I had a friend join us. Uh, we took our class, 
here, and uh, we live in the area. We've been in probably two or three times a month since you know we decided to take our license to carry class. And we're not gun people. And he kind of said that quiet, so I didn't like no one else heard him. It was kind of funny. And he goes, "But I just want to get my license because I feel that if enough people are licensed." then the government won't try to ever take it away. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, wow, this guy uh, has a lot of wisdom. Uh, and I like, I love that, the, that he has no interest in really buying a gun, although he's enjoying shooting them. So he had his little pocket list of guns. And he said, today I shot the HK VP9. What do you think of that gun? And I said, I love it. He goes, boy, it felt great ergonomically. And, you know, very well-spoken guy who's, Never really been into guns his whole life, but here he is starting to get hooked and we're reeling him in, you know. So, uh, we talked about the HK VP9 and, uh, I said, you know, the one you, the one you shot on our range, uh, probably has a half a million rounds through it. And he couldn't believe that. I said, I'm serious. It's, it's a very well built gun. It's a robust, uh, gun, but yeah, probably at least a half a million rounds through it. So anyway, um, one of these days we're going to have a poll be what's your favorite gun. But today's poll of the day is should criminals who have paid their debt to society have their gun rights restored? Yes, no, or and maybe it's complicated. Uh, find the poll question at rapidfireradio.us. Scroll down to the poll question or go to Rapid Fire Radio's Twitter page. Search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, to find us. And don't forget our rapid fire line. If you want to be a part of the show, I know a couple uh, of our listeners tried calling in right before we went to break and before we had our uh, second hour guest on. So if you want to get on, get get on early and uh, often. It's 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And we have a winner for today's giveaway, do we not? Um, do you want to do that now or later? Uh, so we have a giveaway every week on the show. And this is Jay, Jay, you won. You'll be getting an email from us. And uh, so uh, we have, we gave away a Cape Gunworks collector tin of Fort Scott Munition 115 grain tumble on impact ammo. Uh, so Jay, you'll get it. If you want to, uh, you want to register to win this week, make sure you go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down to sign up and win. Um, that's rapidfireradio.us. And t- this week, we're giving away a Cape Gunworks T-shirt. It's the long sleeve tee, which is the uh, Thomas Jefferson one that says arms change, rights don't. And he's got some modern tactical gear on them. But uh, they're a great uh, long sleeve tee. So you don't want to miss out on that. Go over to rapidfireradio.us to sign up and win. Uh, we got tons going on today, by the way. Um there's lots of stuff going on in gun world. Some good, some bad. Uh, and interestingly enough, I would say along the lines of good news, we had uh, HR 38 was reintroduced um, in the new session of Congress. This passed back in 2017, um, 231 to 198. And it was a... Um, uh, basically the National Reciprocity Act. It's uh, called the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, 
national right to carry, like a uh, uh, constitutional carry. But what it does is make it more like a driver's license. So if you are duly recognized or duly licensed in your state and you're not prohibited and you have a license to carry and you visit another state that has a uh, that issues permits to carry, then you can carry in that state. If you're carrying in a state that is a constitutional carry state, you're all set already. This really um, only affects the 25 states that don't have constitutional carry. And um, it has 121 co-sponsors so far. So it's a long way off from meeting the 218 vote threshold of needing to pass. But uh, Jared from Guns and Gadgets did a good video on this earlier today. And, you know, his suspicion is it doesn't have a snowball's chance of passing in the Senate, which is probably true. So um, I highly doubt the uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is going to introduce this if it does pass the House. Uh, There's kinds of parliamentary procedures that they could get done that would force his hand, but it, it probably won't reach the 60 vote threshold even if it was introduced. And I highly doubt that um, Biden would sign it into law anyway. So, but it's a good signal, a good start to the new Congress. And uh, yeah, I think I hope it passes. It'll be good. But more on that. Remember, we're moving away from Rapid Fire Radio to a podcast-only show. And you can always tune into RapidFireRadio.us. But we will be off the airwaves sometime soon in 2023. So make sure you're tuning in at rapidfireradio.us and sign up for our email alert for when we go live. I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. The firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. If you want to call or tell us what you think about a topic or about my opinion of something, give us a call, 508-444-2120. And this week's winner of the Rapid Fire giveaway is Jay. If you won the tin of Cape Gunworks, uh, Fort Scott Munitions, 115 grain, tumble on impact rounds, which is the round I carry for personal protection, and the round... Not the 115 grain 9mm, but the brand of rifle ammunition that I hunt with whenever I go on a rifle deer hunt. 
um, match-grade ammunition, and great knockdown power uh, with that patented tumble-on-impact design. So check that out, Jay. And if you want to get signed up to get the T-shirt, go over to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down, and enter to win. We'll pull the winner for next week's show, which I don't even know how we're going to do next week's show because I'm going to be at SHOT Show, but it'll be the next week after that. We're going to play a greatest hits, a best of next week. Is that what you're saying? We'll figure something out. Maybe we'll record an hour, bonus hour before the weekend. But anyway, um, we also have this week's discount code, which, which is British 303. And why, you might ask, it's British 303. Why did you choose that discount code this week, Professor Claw? The reason is we just got a transferable Bren Mark I machine gun that is just awesome. I mean, it is gorgeous. And a lot of people are like, what are you talking about machine gun? You can't own a machine gun. Well, actually you can. And believe it or not, you can in the People's Republic of Massachusetts. I know, shocked, right? It is amazing. But you can. There's some hoops you got to jump through. But you can get what is known as your machine gun license in Massachusetts. I have one. Uh, Brendan, the business partner here at Cape Gunworks, has one. I know a bunch of people that have them. And you can do it. The question is, can you afford it? Because it's a rich man's sport. You know, uh, uh, That's why I'm selling this gun and not adding it to my collection. Because it's an expensive gun. However... Um, it is a really, really cool uh, brand Mark I uh, machine gun, and it has the magazine that goes on top, which is pretty cool. But it also has a pan magazine, which is this big round drum-looking thing that sits on top. I believe it's a 100-round or might, maybe 75-round pan magazine. Uh, it also has a brass catcher, the bipod, and it is minty shape. So... It's something you got to come down to Cape Gunworks and check out. Uh, so that's why this week's discount code is British303. We're planting the seed in your brain, letting it rent some space in your brain so when you see it, you're going to fully appreciate it. But anyway, um, make sure you go over to the Twitter page too if you want to vote in our poll, which is um, should criminals have their rights restored after serving their debt to society? And I specifically worded it that way because I think it could have been a, a poll that would have been 100% yes to zero if, if I worded it differently. So I made it very general. Should criminals who have paid their debt to society have their rights restored? Right now we have 17% at yes, 11% at no, and 70% at maybe. It's complicated. So... um. Why, what, what would you say would be the situation where you would agree that a criminal should get their rights restored? I think the easy, the, the easy one, the little you know, flip pass is that if it's a nonviolent felony, right? If you get some guy who uh, you know, defaulted on his child support payments or kited a check when he was 21 years old, uh, then yeah, he's a nonviolent felon restores rights, and that makes a lot of sense. Where it gets a little complicated is if they are a violent felon. So, in other words, somebody who um, maybe got in a bar fight, maybe, uh, you know, got 
um, in some sort of altercation or maybe an armed robbery or something like that. The point is I'm trying to force the argument out into the open and get you to think about what, where is that threshold? Because guess what it reveals? It reveals that gun owners are in favor of gun control, which we love to say Molan Lobby, come and take it, you know, not one inch, all the buzzword, phrase, T-shirt, bumper sticker material, right? But at the end of the day, we're all in favor of gun control to a certain extent, which sometimes makes us uncomfortable. And I've been there and done that. And I've reached this thing that we talk about. We talked about it yesterday after the Grace Curley show where I say, if I can't trust you with a gun, you shouldn't be out on the street. So that puts us in this weird predicament. Like, okay, where's the line of where you should be out on the street versus in jail? I can determine where that line is very easily. Uh, A lot of people have a hard time with it. And a lot of people don't want to even go there. They want to release violent felons into society and just say um, that they have lost their rights. The problem is violent felons don't follow the law. So therefore, they will reoffend. They will go ahead and get a gun illegally anyway because they don't care what laws or rules or uh, things you make up. So if that's the case, what about all the people who did commit an offense, maybe you got an OUI in Massachusetts and a first offense OUI that you're convicted of is a makes you a prohibited person for life no matter what state you live in. If you got an OUI conviction in Massachusetts, you are now prohibited for life throughout the rest of the country, even if you move to a free state. So I believe that that person is not necessarily a danger to society. They've paid their debt. They paid their fee. They they went to class and and got help or did whatever you know they needed to do, and now they have should have their rights restored. Especially thirty years later, they they shouldn't have their rights trashed for life because of a terrible mistake they made from their past. I think everyone believes to a certain extent in second chances. Um, I'm I'm one that. Definitely believes in second chances. Now, at some point, you get to the line where you go, okay, but, you know, some violent criminal who did 10-year bid in jail, who's a member of, you know, some outlaw gang, maybe I don't want that guy having a gun. Okay, so we're in favor of some sort of gun control. And uh, my my personal belief is a little bit more libertarian at this point, and I've never really uh, – identified as a libertarian in any way, shape, or form. But I'm like, if the guy did the 10 years, give him his rights back. That's the way I see it. And I used to be pretty vocal on the other side. Like, I used to toe the line of, you know, uh, if you're a not a responsible, law-abiding gun owner. Well, I think everybody on earth has ran afoul of the law at some point. So at what point do you say you're law-abiding and you're not, just when it deals with big law, like felonies, or not? So anyway, I personally think we have a broken system. I think our founders were smart enough to recognize that the Constitution only works for a just and moral people. In, In their own words, they said a religious and moral people. So people who are, generally speaking, 
good people. They're kind to their neighbors. They're going to help. They're going to make the world a better place. They're hardworking. That is the society in which the Constitution was written for. They didn't give any asterisks to our Bill of Rights and say, unless you're a bad person, unless you're a felon, unless you steal, unless you cheat, unless you lie, unless you, uh, you know, commit mail fraud, unless you, uh, defraud your neighbor, uh, you know, unjustly of goods and services. Uh, he did, they didn't say that. They said the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So if you do something so heinous that you can't be trusted with a firearm, I don't want you walking around on the street. Now, that doesn't mean I want you locked up for petty shoplifting, but I also don't want you banned from life for uh, for some sort of offense. So it, it forces into the light where is our tolerance for people who have committed a crime. And this is why there's that one option on the, on the poll of maybe it's complicated because Everything I just articulated is complicated, right? Uh, and I certainly don't think that um, the general public or especially politicians have a stomach for this conversation whatsoever. So it might need to be forced into the open by by courts, by legal challenges, by um, incremental uh, steps. We just had this court case... I think I toyed with it in one of the prior shows where somebody was um, challenging the fact that they're a felon and barred for life from ever owning guns. So uh, I can't remember where the article was, but um, it was was pretty interesting because in this post-Bruin world, are the... Are the powers that be, are the legislature, or is it going to stand up uh, to the strict scrutiny of the Second Amendment? I don't think it is. So I think we need to be prepared for the argument or prepared for the conversation of people who we thought would never be able to own a gun again being able to own a gun again in a lot of cases. Or there's going to be defiance of the Bruin Law and this is one of the things that a lot of uh, a lot of people are lamenting, as far as like gun uh, control groups are lamenting. They're saying, "Oh my gosh, Bruin just ruined gun control for everybody." Yeah, it probably did. It's going to take time and money, but it definitely did. <laughs> and uh, we want to know what you think. So give us a call five zero eight four 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 twenty one twenty if you want to talk about that whole subject. Give us a call. And if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license. We're living in a post-Bruin world, but you're still behind enemy lines in Massachusetts. Guess what? You still have to ask permission and buy a permit, buy a license. We can help you with that. We have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only, and a special couples class coming up on January 21st. The couple that shoots together stays together. So sign up at capegunworks.com. And more after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. 
It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Thank you for being here each and every week and supporting the show. The chat is absolutely on fire, and if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, get over to rapidfireradio.us and get signed up for when we go live so you can interact. And I want to get to some of the questions here because um, I don't want to co-opt the entire hour we got a special guest in hour number two we got charlie cook from riding shotgun with charlie coming on so you don't want to miss out on that it should be awesome conversation um and a bunch of people are saying yes criminals should have their 2a rights uh restored after they've paid their debt to the society why are they still paying their debt and uh i would agree with that as uh, although it's a big pill to swallow it's a tough pill to swallow but um yeah, it's something we have to certainly consider, you know what I mean? And uh, original intent is very important as far as the founders are concerned. So anyway, let's get back to the chat here. Uh, what does Toby think of the SFAR? Any chance it could be made mass legal um, in Rochester or mass here? Uh, I do not believe so, Um I will look it up again, but uh, I don't believe so. If it's it's the 308 version of the uh, AR-15, then it's it's no go zone. The only way would be if it was originally manufactured as a as a um, fixed mag. Then yes, uh, but it is basically um, it's just a slim small frame. Uh, it's it's the small frame. 308 basically i don't think under the definition of mass law it it would pass muster so um or even more importantly uh or i don't know how you want to look at it but more uh inflammatorily (laughs) the mass uh attorney general enforcement notice so that's the one that i think is you'd have trouble passing muster on but um, anyway, so that was from the text line. Uh, from the email, I have a captured SKS from Vietnam in 1970. I have all the export-import paperwork, but I have never reported it in mass. Do I need to do anything? Uh, it kind of depends. So if you bought it in mass, chances are it's already registered. If it was handed down to you, then 
possibly you should go on and register it. If you moved here with it and it came with you in your vehicle, uh, you don't need to register it. So I wouldn't worry about it too much, but that's basically the the way the law states. So I don't know which situation it falls into, but there you have it. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to be able to buy whatever handgun I want. Why do we have a roster? Richie wants to know. That's a great question, and the question is because tyrants want a tyrant. Um, and the bottom line is when Luther Scott Harshbarger uh, introduced this mass-approved weapons roster, he kind of made a deal with Smith & Wesson too, and that's something people don't realize is Smith & Wesson was taken to the cleaners for this. But they did a deal with the Attorney General to kind of write and put the standard at which all other guns would be tested by. And because they did that, they played ball with Harshbarger. Um, they were grandfathered in and all their gun- none of their guns had to be sent out for testing and most of their guns were legal for sale right away in the state. Whereas I remember right after it happened, you could only buy a Smith & Wesson pistol in the state. And that was kind of a deal with the devil as far as uh, Smith & Wesson dealing with Harshbarger on that. And a lot of people never forgave them. A lot of people didn't forget, forgive them for a long time, and some people never even knew it happened, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. The good news is the regime has completely changed at Smith & Wesson, different guys, different uh, paradigm over there, and so um, you don't have to hold a grudge to them anymore, and they are still testing guns like crazy for sale in Massachusetts, um, and they're not happy that they have to do that, even though they helped do it, if you will, <laughs> back then. So... The point is, it was a backdoor gun ban. They could stem the tide of sales of guns. Not like we had a, it wasn't like we were Florida or Texas where guns fly off the shelves or California even. California gun market is humongous. Massachusetts had, you know, people with a license to carry and kind of a clunky system. And so you already had a bunch of hoops you had to jump through to get a gun. And they wanted to make it worse. They wanted to make it harder. They wanted to make it uh, that much worse. And the reason we know all this is because Gun Owners Action League did a whole bunch of Freedom of Information Act requests and got all of the documentation and all of the emails and the uh, memos and the uh, papers on why they implemented this under the Consumer Protection Act. So if it's something under the Consumer Protection Act, you would assume that it was to make people safe, right? Or to make sure people weren't dying by improperly uh, manufactured products. The problem is all of the memos showed was this will make it harder for you to buy a gun. It'll slow you down. It'll make it so you'll have to work extra hard and do extra steps and jump through extra hoops. They were roadblocks. They weren't because we really care about the citizens of Massachusetts and they're dying every day by using these guns and they're unsafe. They're blowing up in their face and killing them. How many more, Mr. Speaker, must die before we act? Like, that would make sense. If people were dying because the guns are blowing up in their face and killing them, then using the Consumer Protection Act would would make sense. But they did it because they knew... They could get it passed and, you know, who's, who, who opposes gun safety, right? Who opposes gun safety? We're just trying to make you safer. We're just trying to make you safe from yourself. 
because you might not know how to use a gun properly. And if it has too light of a trigger or it doesn't have a magazine disconnect or it doesn't have a safety, um, if it doesn't pass a drop test, if it doesn't burn the test, the, uh, the burn test, or if it can't shoot 200 rounds flawlessly without a malfunction, you might not be able to use this gun and you might hurt yourself. It's a bunch of hogwash. So that's why we have the roster. And hopefully Firearms Policy Coalition gets their day in court soon about getting the case that was thrown out because of the two-step intermediate scrutiny that mass courts have always used and upheld this awful gun control uh, legislation that has passed throughout the uh, past year, year and a half, or 10 years, I should say, 20 years. Um, And they've always been held up by district courts and appeals courts because they said, oh, with the intermediate scrutiny this is what the people want the legislature passed this gun control they're put there by the people who elect them so therefore we're going to let it stand but now they have to uphold strict scrutiny so once firearms policy coalition gets its day in court and says hey you threw this out because you said that's what the people want and the legislature wants and that they passed it with that two-step intermediate scrutiny guess what now you have to use the Uh, single-step approach of text, history, and tradition. So therefore, how in the text, history, and tradition of uh, of the Second Amendment as it was ratified in 1791 does this approved weapons roster list hold up in court? I'll wait. Uh, Because it doesn't. It says, The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Period. Nothing but... So what do you say? 508-444-2120. Don't forget the poll of the day. Should criminals who've paid their debt to society have their gun rights restored? Yes, no, maybe so. Uh, It's obviously a complicated question. Go over to rapidfireradio.us or the Twitter page, rapidfireradio, all one word, and vote. And don't forget this week's discount code is British 303. So if you're at capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us and you want to buy something, use that code and you'll get a very special savings. Not to mention free shipping on any order over 300 bucks. So anyway, uh, getting back to the chat. Um, Davey's putting in a request for me to film at SHOT Show. And we will definitely be taking, uh, I don't know if I'll be like, have a GoPro strapped to my chest, but we're going to be, we're going to be, uh, Filming a lot, no doubt about it. And Brendan's coming with me this time, so that'll be cool. We'll be able to uh, tag team the the show and you know maybe go our separate ways and cover more ground. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, pretty excited. It's been a few years since I've been there. And uh, this is the first time it's in two different locations uh, that I've been to, so that'll be interesting. But anyway, uh, <laughs> G23 saying, Toby, just add it to your collection. Buy once, cry once. That uh, Brenmark one, he's talking about. Yeah, um, I would be crying for a long time uh, when my ah! wife, when my wife, uh, well, uh, yeah. People have already asked me why am I not buying it, and I said, unless I give up my FFL, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get a transferable machine gun anytime soon. Um, my all right from the text line. Uh, purchased a Chick 38 special pink revolver for my wife to try. She isn't game for trying it. Can I return it? Hasn't been fired. Have all papers and packing. Comes with a hard case. I'm in Western Mass and could 
ship back to store would be happy to use his store credit toward another firearm. Um, well, this is like a yes, no, maybe it's complicated question because our store policy is if you buy a gun, um, you, you can trade it in at any time. But um, if you're a member, you have 30-day, no questions asked, money-back guarantee, and we'll give you 100% refund within that 30-day period. Um, but we'll work something out with you um, to try to make it uh, so you don't take too much of a hit. But my recommendation would be try to find someone in your area that is really excited about it and sell it to them. But if not, yeah, absolutely ship it back and we'll give you um, as much store credit as we can. So there you go. Um, Let's see. The problem is that it charges get pled down too much, so they may not have truly paid their debt. Well, that's the other half of the argument, KP. Um, So uh, if you are a very violent person, I don't think you should be able to plea it down to some sort of misdemeanor or jaywalking charge. I think you should have to pay your debt to society based on the crime. You, you did the crime, do the time. Um, but if you you know, have paid your debt, whatever it is, maybe it does get pled down or pled out uh, to a lesser charge and that frees up the court system. I think the other side of the equation is um, no violent career criminal should ever have their, you know, it should, I, I actually supported the three strikes you're out stuff. Like if you commit three violent felonies, lifetime in jail. See you later. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. But anyway, um, there you go. Um, Mike says, my father was a violent felon. I would support him owning a firearm. The bigger issue is how hard is it to obtain a firearm for non-criminals? That's that issue. Criminals don't follow laws. You, you bring up a good point. We'll talk more about this on the other side. Uh, but guess what? Avoid, escape, defend. Learn what you need to know to keep a firearm for self-defense. This full session class will introduce you to situational awareness practices, the legal use of force. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the training calendar and look for the Avoid, Escape, Defend class. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And talking about guns, 
we have the gun of the week. This week is a very cool Springfield Hellcat 9mm subcompact pistol. In the Free State version of this gun, it's got a 12-round mag, or an 11 and a 13-round, I believe. In the People's Republic of Afghanistan, it comes with a 10-round mag because we're limited um, unconstitutionally by some arbitrary number of rounds. And this Springfield Hellcat, though, is a very cool gun. I believe that SIG did everybody a favor by coming out with the 365 and everybody else played catch-up. This is a great answer from Springfield Armory to the SIG 365. Um, as you know, a lot of their, well, if you don't know, you will now, a lot of their polymer frame guns, if not all of their polymer frame guns, are made in Croatia. And uh, they're a very good, high-quality gun made by HS Product of Croatia. And um, this one here is the OSP version, which means it's an optic-ready. So it's cut for red dot optics. It'll accept the... Uh, um, Springfield Hex, uh, oh, what is it called? The Hex uh, Site. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. I believe it's called the Hex Site. Yeah, but anyway, uh, they have a red dot design that'll that it'll fit, and I think the Crimson Trace optic and the Shield RMS will also directly mount to it. You can also get a plate made for other optics as well. Um, but this gun is really cool. Um, got a great flat face trigger. Uh, it's got an ambidextrous uh, mag release. It is uh, comes with a nice front bright lime green night sight with a uh, kind of a U-notch rear metal sight, which has a great ledge on it so you could rack the slide from your uh, belt buckle or your holster or your belt itself if you had to emergency manipulate this gun with one hand. It has a nice flat face trigger with a trigger safety on it and a really nice subtle uh, grip texture that's like a stippled, uh, I would say it's like a uh, probably a 280 grit sandpaper, <laughs> uh, maybe a 300 grit sandpaper. It's a very uh, light coarse, um, you know, medium coarse feel to it, but it's not very sharp but it would definitely give you good positive grip traction uh, while firing. I have shot this gun a bunch, and I do love how it shoots. The one thing I really like about it is they put a little pad in the uh, frame right below the seam with the slide and the frame and in front of the takedown lever on the left side of the gun, and right where your finger falls to give you some haptic feedback that your uh, or some tactile feedback is probably a better uh use of the word, um, that your index finger is in the right place. So you can immediately associate your trigger finger with something other than the trigger. So, you know, very important for new shooters to learn good trigger finger, finger discipline. And by them putting these pads in there, a bunch of other companies have done it as well. I know the Taurus G3 Compact has done it, but I think that's a great idea and I wish more companies would do it. But anyway... Um, all that being said, the gun is a phenomenal shooter. It's nice subcompact, uh, small gun, easy to conceal, packs a lot of power with the 10 rounds in 9mm uh, in these real subcompact staggered stack mags. And uh, the magazine is an all-metal mag, really robust-looking mag. It's very well made, and it comes with a pinky extension as well so that you can get your... Uh, pinky on the grip of the gun, which is very important to a lot of people um, in, in uh, you know, 
for the comfort level of shooting the gun. I do not believe that it's important in order to shoot the gun to have your pinky on there, but mentally it feels better, and a lot of people would never buy a gun that they can't get their pinky on. Um, So anyway, make sure you go over to uh, rapidfireradio.us, scroll down, find the gun of the week, click on it, and use code GOW at checkout to get the gun of the week, and you'll get a very special deal on the Springfield Hellcat OSP, which is... Uh, in limited supply as of this time so you don't want to miss out Uh, this is rapid fire i'm toby leary and we'll see you in a minute stay tuned ammunition is 100 this is where the american ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas That's Federal Ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal Ammunition, a century of innovation. And we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I appreciate you all being here with me. I'm going to get right to the chat because uh, it's, like I said before, it's on fire, and uh, I want to keep it going. So uh, from the email line, someone said uh, they heard Toby say on Tuesday that Mass simplified the process for out-of-staters to procure Mass license to carry. One requirement is that training is required. As a Mass uh, resident, a prior Mass resident who held an LTC for 10 years, curious to know if my prior training and licensing will satisfy the new training requirement or if I have to attend training again to procure an out-of-state license. That's a very good question. Um, I have a feeling that you should be able to just go to the Department of Public Safety. You have to appear in person and you know, say, I'd like to renew my license to carry. I had it in the state for 10 years. But they might say, okay, show us your certificate. If you don't have the certificate, then you would probably have to do the class again. And therefore, you would be subject to um, you know, having to produce a certificate. And, and, and you know, even though the, the certificate doesn't expire, um, you'd have to, anyway, uh, redo the class at that point to get a new certificate. So... Um, but they might let you renew and might have access to your prior records. So that would be cool, but uh, I doubt it. I would say don't get your hopes up. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Davey <laughs> is writing on one of the comments that uh, we had talked about at one point on the show. It's kind of funny. We made a joke about gun vending machines, and he's saying, I believe we should have gun vending machines. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, and 500 says some people should just be executed in the state of law instead of locking them up. If you're a serial killer or a child molester, you shouldn't be let alone, let al- alive, let alone on the street. I agree 100% with that. I do believe that would be a proper punishment for a lot of crime. One thing that's really bothered me lately is I've seen people being convicted of first-degree murder and receiving like 20-year sentences. I'm like, what in the world is that? Like they used to argue for life sentence in as opposed to uh, capital punishment, but now they're like, "Yeah, oh, you received a twenty-year sentence for first-degree murder." I'm like, "What? 
what in the world is going on here? Um, but anyway, a lot of people are talking, this whole sub-chat has emerged on the chat today about violent crime. Um, and the poll question is, should criminals who have paid their debt to society have their gun rights restored? Yes, no, or maybe it's complicated. Go over to rapidfireradio.us or Twitter and find us there, Rapid Fire Radio, all one word, and vote in the poll. But um, I purposely didn't say, we initially had the chat, uh, had the poll question as, should nonviolent felons uh, have their rights restored after they've paid their debt to society? And that was where I think the poll would have went 100% yes to you know, 0% no. Right now we're hovering at 17% say yes and 21% say no and 60% say maybe. It's complicated. Um, and so one of the G23 on the chat says, can you please tell me what a violent crime is? And I would say um, a violent crime is uh, a felonious act of uh, against somebody else, where it's you know murder, malice, mayhem, uh, maybe assault and battery with a deadly weapon. Um, I don't believe a bar fight is a violent felon uh, or a violent crime, if you will. I think it's more two guys got in a disagreement, got heated, got out of hand, and they handled it like has been handled for 6,000 years of recorded human history. Uh, two guys went out in the parking lot, beat each other up, and then shook hands and went in, had a beer afterwards. That's one of the thing, ways that that happened, you know, for years. But anyway, um, so I purposely left that out. I just threw it all in, into the mix. Violent, nonviolent, felon, non-felon, whatever. Um, but I do believe in punishing the criminal. I'm not saying let's let criminals off the hook. I'm just saying punish them according to the crime that they've committed. And then when they're done serving their time, paying their debt to society, making restitution, and maybe after a three-year probationary period where they've kind of turned their life around, they're not running with the same crowd, they're not you know, heading the gang, they're not doing uh, illegal activity, yeah, they should have their rights restored, in my opinion. I like some of the old Westerns where they, in the courtroom, they got you know, charged with something and they uh, get let out of jail at, at the end of court and they're like, where are my guns? Here you go. They strap them on, get on their horse and ride out of town. That's the way it was for hundreds of years, uh, you know, a hundred years in this country. Um, people didn't surrender their right to keep and bear arms. It didn't happen. So anyway, um, we can talk more about that. Uh, Another question, uh, does Toby have a preference of sling type, single point, double point, triple point, and benefit or issues for QD attachment type for modern sporting rifles? Um, I do actually have a preference. I like the Magpul convertible slings. Um, the, I actually prefer them with the Paraclip versus the QD mounts. However, the QD mounts are a little quieter, so I do, I've kind of gone over to the QD mount, but... My favorite sling is an old-school Magpul uh, QD sling, which has a hoop, a metal hoop paraclip on it with a little piece of paracord that's uh, touched, you know, connected to the, to the detent. So you can actually pull on that, and it 
opens up if if it's not locked. You can manually lock it, but when you pull on the little paracord, it it just quickly opens the hoop. And that, I think, is truly the definition of QD, um, quick detach. Um, but I like a convertible sling because 90% of the time when I'm doing drills on a range or in a carbine class, I like the single point. Uh, but if I'm at rest or having a lunch break or drinking a coffee or we're doing a, a long conversation where we're not we're not shooting the gun a lot, I like to be able to bring the, the uh, second point down to the front of the gun and let it hang uh, so I can take my hands off the gun and it's not going to fly around and swing around like it would on a single point. So um, for that reason, I like a two-point sling, and I think the Magpul convertibles are the most user-friendly. Um, but there's other ones. Blue Force Gear makes a great one. The Vickers sling is great. Um, so there's lots of other slings out there. But uh, And I lament the fact that I can't find that OG uh, two-point convertible Magpul sling. I actually bought one off gun broker or uh, eBay when I found one, an old used one, because I lent out mine to somebody who never returned it. And I'm like, why did I return him my favorite sling? I mean, lend out my favorite sling. But I ended up replacing it. and I have another one, so I'm pretty happy. Um, what is my thought about bringing the PSA Jackal into mass? It's a no-go zone, brother, because it's a pistol and it's a um, not a pre-banned pistol or it would violate the uh, assault weapons ban under the definition of pistol. Um, so you can't really bring that in, unfortunately. Uh, I'm hoping they'll make a rifle or a carbine version of that gun because uh, then it would be awesome. But um, And we can we have the M&P 2.0 steel and mass? Yeah, I think you can uh, because the M&P 2.0 is on the, on the list. So... Uh, they don't give you a model or UPC number that you have to follow. So uh, there you have that. Um, so I'm sorry, guys, on the chat. Uh, it, it's on fire. We'll maybe be able to answer a few more questions around the breaks. I'll be able to type in a little bit. But we got Charlie Cook coming up after this. You want to stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. we got our new long-format podcast coming up, and we're going to see where the conversation goes. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Thanks for tuning in. It ends here but goes on for another hour and call or text 508-444-2120 if you have a question for Charlie. We'll be right back. I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd 
and may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level, it can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Cowart was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Cowart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he had worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. Constitutional carry has become all the rage these days. Apparently, the mainstream media has gotten all over this term, and they're really misinterpreting what it means. And there's something that you need to know as a responsibly armed American. Constitutional carry simply allows you to carry a gun without a permit. That's it. It does not vacate your responsibility of what you're going to do with that gun. Remember, you are responsible for every action you take and certainly every round that comes out of that muzzle. And constitutional carry doesn't take that away. So when we're arguing with anti-gunners who are complaining that constitutional carry makes the world less safe, let's remind them that whether a state has constitutional carry or an over-the-top requirement for you to get your concealed carry permit, none of that takes away your responsibility when you're dealing with a firearm. You will be held accountable for your actions, as every responsibly armed American should be. So make sure you get the proper training and you know your laws so you're doing the right thing. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, a two-way talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us. If you want to be a part of the show, get signed up so that you know when we go live and you can interact with us on the chat. Today's chat was firing and I didn't even get to everybody and I really apologize, but we'll do it again next time. You can also uh, reach out to us via the Rapid Fire line, which is 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And we're on the Rumble now, so you can find us on Rumble. And wherever you get your social media, we're at Cape Gunworks or at Rapid Fire Radio. So go ahead and follow us, like, subscribe, share, and comment, and spread the word far and wide, and we'll be able to reach more people, which is going to be awesome. And right now we're trying to reach some people with the steady 2A supporting voice of Charlie Cook. So Charlie, thanks so much for being here today. 
Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, Toby. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So um, Charlie's a great Second Amendment advocate and does a lot of good for uh, the 2A community. I am very proud to say that I have been on the podcast Riding Shotgun with Charlie, and I rode in the stagecoach, and we did a little tour of Hyannis and saw where our humble beginnings were and uh, told some stories and took a nice ride. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. And uh, you've been doing a lot of that lately? Is that still? Uh, it's uh, I keep up with it. Um, I, I put out shows twice a month on YouTube, and I put the shows out as a podcast as well. But um, I, I hate saying this. I usually end up going someplace, and I'll film three or four, maybe five shows somewhere, and then I put them out over time. Um, just because that's how, you know, how things work out logistically. You still have to have a, a day life and a day job and, and keep up with things. And, um, I will say, I, I try to make it look more glamorous than it really is. <laughs> no, I think you do a great job. And it's, it's a very, very cool, niche, uh, something I think, you know, that is, you don't, you don't see every day in gun streamer, you know, world, uh, myself included. I mean, I'm just another voice out there in the wilderness shouting about 2A advocacy, but you took a very unique uh, approach to it. And I like how the conversation happens in the car rather than, you know, how we're doing it right now over Zoom. It's it's definitely a lot more, um, a lot more, you know... It- it's uh, the way I see it is this: I, uh, I, I've, I obviously stole the idea from Carpool Karaoke, which stole the idea from Seinfeld's comedians and cars getting coffee. But it's I, I think you can have a different conversation with somebody in a car. Um, there's there's a, a level of intimacy there because you're both you know you're you're a captive audience. You're in the car. You're driving around, and it's uh, it's it's different. You know, obviously there's nothing wrong with with uh, you know phone interviews and doing Zoom and stuff. But it's got a different feel to it when you're uh, when there's two you know a couple people in the car driving around and talking. Yeah, I'm sure it also. Uh changes the direction or trajectory of the conversation sometimes uh oh yeah absolutely uh absolutely yeah Yeah. so who who have you interviewed recently and do you have anyone you plan to drop um i i just put a show out with this gentleman his name is frank scavo and i met frank a couple years ago at the rod of iron uh in at the tommy gun warehouse in greeley pennsylvania and uh, he went to, he went to the Capitol on January 6th and he ended up inside of the Capitol building and, uh, his face was, you know, <laughs> face was out there and where he was, was out there. And after he came back, he, he said it was really nothing, like nothing exciting happened. They ended up in the Capitol building that like the doors were locked and, uh, they op- mysteriously opened up and he's like, well, if, if the doors can mysteriously open up, then the doors can mysteriously close. So I think I'm going to get out of here. Mm. Uh, so he got out of there and he, he brought four busloads of people down from uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, a few weeks, a month or so after he was there, he got a, uh, got a visit from the FBI and wanted to have a talk with him. Um, and they got him for, uh, for, I think it was for parading in the Capitol. Mm. And he, and he spent, uh, spent two months, I think in jail. It cost him about $60,000 in legal fees. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. yeah, and and I honestly it was it was really a really easy interview for me because I'm like, all right, so so tell me about what happened on January sixth, and then I just drive around, right, and let him tell the story. <laughs> wow, that's something we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to check out. Um, that's interesting, and you know, I think 
That was such a crazy day. Uh, mm. Was there bad things that happened? hundred percent. Was there, you know, was it the largest gathering on the Washington mall ever? Yes. It was two and a half million people that day down in Washington, DC. And you said this guy brought three bus loads. I mean, that was just one guy, but right. for the most part, I have seen hours of video of people walking like it was, you know, they're walking down the street with pushing baby strollers, taking selfies, uh, having a good time, singing, waving flags, you know, shopping, uh, doing, getting together in prayer groups and everything else. It, it wasn't like what the media has portrayed as, um, you know, people dropping in from Black Hawk helicopters with tactical gear trying to get Nancy Pelosi hogtied and uh, zip-tied and brought before a, a you know, a right. firing squad. You know, that right. that's what they'd have you to believe happened. And, you know, I do think it was unfortunate uh, how it all went out, but I think the biggest tragedy in all of it are the stories, like you just said. There's still hundreds of people in jail with no trial date, with no... Yeah, with uh, nothing. With no, nothing. no formal charges even in some cases. Uh, being held indefinitely in some D.C. gulag, really. I mean, that wouldn't happen if you went down the street and drove your car through a plate glass window. You know, you, you wouldn't be held indefinitely like that. Yeah, it's, it's completely insane that there are people that are still locked up about this. Yeah. And, you know, it was uh, the, the videos. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you remember seeing the videos. People were just walking single file through through the, the, the roped area. Um, didn't look like some crazy insurrection, you know. Right. right. So, uh, huh. yeah. So this was, uh, you know, uh, Frank Scavo said that he got home and his wife asked how it went. He's like, yeah, there was a big nothing burger. And she's like, oh, wait till you see the news. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well. Uh, there's a lot of people's lives, and unfortunately, I just read that another guy committed suicide in, in jail the other day, uh, wow. which is tragic. That's happened way too many times. And, um, you know, I, I just don't understand how the government, and we could, you could break the internet right now talking about this, but um, I don't understand how government can get away with this. Like, post, mm-hmm. post bail, if, who's the dude uh, from FTX there? That just came back. He just got extradited. Oh, and, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Sam Bankman freed there. If he can get out on bail, you know, after the billions of dollars, he, it's like a <laughs> Bernie Madoff type guy, and he can get out of jail. But uh, meanwhile, some guy who trespassed on the uh, Capitol is still behind bars. Still in, still in jail two years later. Insane. Um, so, wow, that's gonna, that's a very interesting, uh, conversation. Guys, if you want to ask, uh, Charlie a question, call or text 508-444-2120 and we'll get you on with him. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know if you got to hear any of the first hour of the show. We had quite an opinion, uh, or quite a discussion going on. And the poll question today is, um, should a criminal, who has served their debt to society have their firearms rights restored? Yes, no, or maybe it's complicated. So, <laughs> what say you? I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, the more 
like a lot of people, I didn't pay much attention growing up to politics until until I got married and had kids. And that's when when I started to to pay attention to things. The more uh, the more I get into the gun stuff, the more I become very um, very liberty oriented mm-hmm. and libertarian. And um, I think if someone's paid their debt to society and they're not a violent person, uh, maybe it wasn't a violent crime that they committed. I don't see what the big deal is. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, if if somebody, you know, like this, this guy that you just talked about, um, you know, bamboozled billions of uh, dollars from people. Um, if he's found guilty for for what he did, and he serves his time, he's not a crime of a violent criminal. Um, you know, he didn't he didn't kill anyone, he didn't rape anyone, he didn't you know didn't commit murder, didn't steal anything. I don't see what what the big deal is if it's uh, if it's a nonviolent crime, right? And the 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 reason I didn't word it that way is it probably would have went a hundred percent yes to zero percent no, knowing my audience that you know if you're a violent crim- a nonviolent criminal, should your rights be restored? I think most people can say yeah, of course, right? But I wanted to take the conversation just one step further because that's what we do sometimes. And think about it this way. I think we have the wrong solution to the actual problem being proliferated in most cities throughout the country. And that is we're letting violent criminals out of jail and just saying, well, at least they can't own guns. But we know if they're a career criminal, (laughs) they don't give a crap about our gun laws, correct? Uh, absolutely. If if they're if they don't care about the gun laws when they went in, they're certainly not going to care about the gun laws when they come out. Right. And and if they've committed crimes before, they're going to do it again. Like what's what's going to stop them? And and when they take guns away from the um uh the the law abiding background check passing people, um that that means these people are going to wreak havoc on on regular citizens, and 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 it's going to be more difficult to stop them from committing crimes. Right. So. So my argument is not just restrict guns for people forever when they do something wrong, maybe for a probationary period after they get out or do their debt to society, serve their time, you know, pay their fine, whatever the heck it is that they did. But more importantly, don't let the actual violent criminals out of jail, period. Leave them there. Yeah, I mean, this is the, this is the thing. We we see this with gun stuff all the time, where uh, somebody gets caught with a gun, and they don't have any. Uh, they don't have. Oh, I don't know, possession of heroin with intent to distribute, along with charges against them. So they have nothing to to barter with and nothing to uh, to deal with when when it comes to uh, the legal system. Right. So um, a lot of times the. Uh, the, the people that have guns that that uh, make make a make make a mistake, uh, they'll end up uh, they'll end up serving some hard time for for a first offense, for, for or you know for something that's not as serious as, as a career criminal. Right, and I, I've kind of and I'll throw this out there and let you poke holes in it if you see any. I just haven't been able to find a good counter argument to this thought that I've had. And that is, if I can't trust you with a gun, then you shouldn't be walking the street. Mm. And uh, go ahead. Uh, initial reaction. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Either, either we can trust people or we can't trust people. Right. And just like with red flags, uh, when they when they confiscate firearms from from a lawful uh, a lawful gun owner uh, under a red flag or an ERPO, then uh, all they've done is taken their guns away from them. They haven't taken anything else away from them. They can still get knives. They still have access to their cars. They can still get fertilizer. They can still do bad things. All they've done is taken this one thing away thinking that they've solved the problem, and that is not the problem at all. Yeah, so my point is um, if you're truly a bad person and you're going to commit recommit, like the recidivism rate is – something that we can track and study. And I used to do volunteer work in prisons and seen, uh, I saw violent criminals that, you know, would be back in for another bid, you know? So those people I'm saying like, they shouldn't be out walking the earth because the gun isn't the issue anymore. That person can't be trusted in society. So there's, there's another tool. There's another weapon of expedience that they could procure and then go on to commit mayhem, murder, rape, whatever it is that they have a predilection to or whatever their proclivity is. They want to go out and commit rape and murder and mayhem. There's a lot of ways of doing that without a gun. Um, And frankly, that person shouldn't be walking the earth. And we can't just say, oh, we're going to let them out for good behavior. But the good news is they just can't get another gun. Well, they're not going down to the gun store to get it now. And I don't think they're going to do that anyway. So why are we letting them out? It's just making it harder for us as a society to deal with the riffraff out there because we're letting people out who shouldn't be out. And then we're saying to people who you know, have lived a productive life that because when you were 20 years old, you, uh, you know, got in a bar fight and got, char- you know, got convicted of assault and battery with a deadly weapon, you're shod hands and feet. And now you're 45 years old and you can't ever own a gun. Yeah, it's it's completely ridiculous. Like the, um, yeah, that's that's a great example. Somebody that did something stupid when they were young, and uh, I actually had someone take a class with me in the uh, the past six months or so. Uh, did the class, did everything, um, went down to his police, uh, had a DUI from you know when he was in his early 20s. Hasn't had a drop to drink, hasn't had any issues, hasn't had a speeding ticket, but he found out he wasn't able to get his gun license because he had a DUI from, you know, uh, whatever, 17, 18, 19 years ago. Mm. Yeah, that's one thing a lot of people don't realize is a uh, operating while intoxicated or DUI in the state of Massachusetts, the very first offense, if you're convicted, you are now a prohibited person for life in whatever state you move to. So just fleeing Massachusetts doesn't help you. Uh, because the the uh, prohibited you you are now a prohibited person federally because you were convicted of a crime that is punishable by more than two and a half years in jail or two and a half years in jail, even though no one ever does two and a half years, it doesn't matter. It's how long you could have served upon conviction. Um, so it's it's crazy to think that again somebody who uh, was you know charged and convicted maybe they didn't. Um, play hardball and they said oh yeah well it's just a first offense no big deal guess what <laughs> it's a big deal did i lose you i think we lost them oh there's i i think i lost you <laughs> oh, okay sorry about that glitch in the matrix that's right man. 
this, yeah. or exactly. We're, they, they know we're talking about yeah. it. I saw that <laughs> cat walk by already. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so you're going to SHOT Show. We talked a little bit about that off air, right? And what are, what are you... Yes, I am heading to SHOT Show on Sunday and coming back on Friday. Oh, cool. Well, hopefully we'll see you there. And uh, I... I know in about five minutes we're going to take a break, but why don't we do that now so we can reconnect and get the work out the gremlins on this uh, on this on our end because I don't know if it's your end or my end. But why don't we stand by? Uh, we're going to go to a quick break. Um, so we'll be right back with Charlie Cook. You're listening to Rapid Fire, and you don't want to miss the rest of this conversation. It's just getting good. So we'll be right back. I'm Toby Leary. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show of all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We've been talking with Charlie Cook of Riding Shotgun with Charlie. We haven't even got to the other stuff that you do with your gun grants. We're going to talk about that in a second. But if you want to talk to Charlie, you have any questions or you want to talk to him, give us a call, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. You can text it or dump it into the chat, too, and I'll read it to him. Uh, if you're listening online and following along with the chat, but uh, so we're here with Charlie Cook. He is a, uh, a influencer in the gun industry. That's what I'm going to call you. Um, and uh, he's he's doing a great job uh, with social media and uh, you know bringing good conversations in the 2A community to light with his very unique uh, riding shotgun with Charlie, but. You also do gun grams, which is kind of cool because you're a musician. Why don't you tell everyone about that? And uh, and we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. Else. Yeah. So so gun grams are some videos that I started doing in 2015. I've uh, I've been a musician and a music teacher for a long time, and I found a way to put my passion for music alongside my my passion for firearms. And I make videos playing the trumpet with one hand and shooting a gun with the other hand. <laughs> and I've got about three. 300 videos on YouTube. They've uh, they've been watched on all the continents except for Antarctica. 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I'm trying to find someone who knows someone who knows someone who's stationed on Antarctica, and I want to get a video of them in a parka and being like, hey, my name's Mike, and I'm on Antarctica, and I'm watching one of Charlie's gun grams. Like, that'll be the coolest thing. <laughs> that would be very cool. I think there's like 30 people that winter on Antarctica, right? It's like, uh, it's not, so it's very few people that actually, <laughs> right. actually do. So. I started I started following this guy on TikTok um, a couple couple years ago. His name was Joe Spins the Globe, and uh, you can't message people on TikTok unless you follow each other. And he's one of these people that doesn't follow anybody, so I couldn't reach out to him. <laughs> we got someone uh, commenting on Paca. We're in a Paca. We're in a Paca. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, but your so your accent is showing through. But, oh my gosh, I fight it hard too. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, uh, I got a buddy who um, lives in Danvers, whereas he likes to say Danvers, and uh, he said that Siri doesn't understand him. He can't use Siri on his iPhone because <laughs> he'll say, uh, "Hey Siri, take me to Danvers," and she's like. I don't know what you just said. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Yeah, that we, call awesome. Him, we call him Shawnee Guns from Danvers. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's cool. You do gun grams, and people can, like, uh, request a song or buy a gun gram for a friend or a birthday present oh. or something like that, right? Absolutely. I've had, uh, I've had people reach out to me. Um, for, for Christmas gifts. Uh, I've done some Christmas tunes, of course. Uh, I've had some people reach out to me and do them as gifts. And there, there was one guy that, uh, I, I don't know, there's some song that these guys had between the two of them and they try to find weird places or weird bands or somebody they could get to play this tune. So he asked me if I would do a gun gram and uh, I ended up playing the guitar and blowing into a, a trumpet kazoo as well as playing the trumpet a little bit and whistling and, and shooting the guns. And it was a little bit of an editing nightmare, but it was, it was pretty fun. <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, most of them are just the trumpet and the gun, right? Just, yeah, the trumpet and the gun. Um, I did – there's a, a piano player. I think he's out of Brazil, and he's, he's this strange-looking guy that looks into the camera – he puts up one hand and he just sits and plays the piano and he stares into the camera and like he's not watching his hands and you know everything's memorized and he's an amazing piano player. He did the Russian national anthem with uh, with the barrel of a um, an AK and I was like you know he's playing the arpeggios in one hand um, and he's playing the melody with the barrel in the other in the other hand and I was like all right now this guy's getting into my territory <laughs> so I called up a friend of mine that's got a, an AK and I said look I need to borrow your AK. So um, I, I did the, the gun, uh, a gun gram of the Russian national anthem. I wore like a black suit coat with a black shirt, like, you know, looked like James Bond or something, right? And um, glasses on and put one finger up, pulled the bolt back, started playing the Russian national anthem. And I will tell you, an, an AK is kind of a hard gun to shoot with one hand. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. It's hard to shoot with two hands. And I know I could break the internet by saying that, but... You know, as a as a very, I call myself severely right-handed. Um, so <laughs> severely right-handed. Yeah, severely right-handed. So I have to roll the gun and manipulate the bolt, or I have to reach up and over and manipulate the bolt. I say the AK was made for lefties. Personally, I don't know if Mikhail uh, Kalishnikov was a 
was a southpaw or not. But I just say, hey, it's a lefty's gun. Uh, I like the Galil Ace a little better because the charging handle's on the left. Uh, charging handle's on the left, and I have a safety on the left side of the grip. But anyway, again, another subject you could break the internet with uh, by bad-mouthing an AK. And I'm not bad-mouthing it. I know it's a good gun. It'll run in the sand, in the desert, in the snow, in the, you know, any weather condition. It, it never fails. The AK never fails. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, we talked about you're going to shot, you're leaving this weekend, and someone's on the chat saying, I heard flights were canceled. I know tons of flights were canceled today, and I hope to God that it isn't affecting us this weekend's travel. Oh, I, I'm concerned about this, too, particularly with what happened around Christmas time. I am tactically frugal, so I am flying on Southwest, and uh, I'm a little concerned. Yeah. I'm a little, uh, you know, uh, to be sure. Yeah. Well, What's funny is uh, we mentioned off air that Pincus was supposed to join us today, Rob Pincus, and uh, thank you for filling in. It wasn't because we didn't want you to be on the show. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't mm-hmm. your time to be on the show. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, Rob's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the flights <laughs> the flights got him good today. So he got stuck in Chicago of all places. Uh, yeah, which I've learned a lesson long ago far away, but I didn't listen to my own advice this past summer when we went down to Nighthawk Customs. I booked the trip, and I knew as I was about to press submit on our plane tickets that had a connecting flight in Chicago, don't do it, don't do it, Oh no! and I did it, and I get to Chicago, we get off the airplane, and we're all hunky-dory, and we look up on the thing, canceled, 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 Ugh. every southern flight was canceled, and I said, no, I knew better, and I did it anyway, because I spent a very long night in the Chicago airport, thanks to thunderstorms, <laughs> and it was not fun. And, uh, yeah, we were the last plane in, and as we were landing, I saw a plane taking off, and I leaned over to my wife and said, I bet you 20 bucks that was our connecting flight to Denver. And uh, <sighs> we get off, and they're like, all right, go grab a piece of carpet and i said no 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 we're get, going to denver they go no your flight just took off so anyway uh yeah no. i said well we'll just go get a hotel and she literally laughed at me no you won't <laughs> there's not a hotel <laughs> in the state of illinois right now so oh any, yeah anyway um hopefully we don't get affected by flights getting out to uh shot this weekend but what are you looking forward to most about Shot Show? What do you do when you go? Have you you've been before, obviously, and and uh, yep. is it? Uh, I've been I, I've been a few times. Um, I just go. I hate to go. To, I hate saying I go to be seen, but I, I I go to connect with people and to see who I can get on the show. And and I'm always trying to you know find help to uh, to take help and get me this uh, help me get the stagecoach across America. But what I um, I've been going to the gun rights policy conference and I've been speaking at that for six or seven years now. And what I really enjoy about going to things like this is being able to connect with all of these pro gun friends. Um, you know, the rest of the politics, we set that aside and we, we just enjoy being gun folks. And uh, the first the first time I went to the gun rights policy conference in 2016, everything was weird and strange and unusual because it was new. When I went the second year, it really felt like a, uh, a family reunion. Hmm. And and that is uh, that's what I miss the most. Uh, that's what I'm going to look forward to the most. Um, you know, I miss I miss I, I, you miss these people, particularly living here in occupied territory. Um, you know, we not that we don't have enough gun people here, but uh, it's great to get together with people from around the country. Um, I think for shot, I've um, 
I've weaseled my way into the USCCA party for the last couple of years. Nice. So I'm not sure when that party is, but uh, I'm hoping to do more of the same this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's good. I actually haven't even reached out and told them I'm coming. So uh, maybe I, I might have to do the same. We'll, if not, we'll both walk up there like we'll, we own. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. We, like we, we know places. what we're doing. You know who we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I know this guy. I know Charlie Cook. I should get right, right. in. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say I know Toby Leary. I should get right in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll we should definitely team up and make that uh a video of that for sure because Oh my god, absolutely. That, that could that could definitely get a few likes and subscribes, but uh <laughs> um yeah, we'll start name dropping each other while we're standing right next to each other. Right, I'm with him. No, I'm yeah. with him. <laughs> Uh, he said I could get into this party if I'm with him, man. Uh, but anyway, I actually, the first time I went to, uh, to SHOT Show, um, I wandered the earth and at one point got caught in the vortex. I got, I don't even know what floor I was on and where I was, oh. but I, I couldn't get out. I was like, where am I? I, I felt like, you know, that scene on, uh, European vacation. Look, kids, Big Ben. Like I kept coming around <laughs> the same booth. Yeah. <laughs> I, fe- I, fe- I kept going around to the same booth and going, no, I walked like 20 minutes <sighs> in one direction and I end up at the same booth. How is this possible? It's it's completely insane. I, I'm no kidding. I've had a couple of nightmares uh, recently where I, I'm out at SHOT Show. Uh, I'm out in Vegas and I'm trying to find some friends, and I, I can't find them. Like, you can't find your way around. You get stuck. I we went, I went Last year, I stayed at Luxor, and I probably walked for 20 minutes to try to find a way to get out because I was hoping to get an Uber, and I couldn't find a way to get out of the building. And then I ended up in Excalibur, and I ended up somewhere else. I'm just like, I, I don't know how to get outside. <laughs> well, the, uh, the last time I went, my, my wife met me there for a couple days, which was kind of cool, and... We decided to go out to eat, and we went to this nice steakhouse right in the um, Venetian. And uh, so we walk in and sit down, and I look over, and there's Jerry Michalik. And I'm like, honey, there's Jerry. She's like, who? And I'm like, Jerry Michalik. And I'm like, he's eating dinner like two tables over. And I'm like, should I be that guy? The poor guy's just having dinner. He just did a whole day of... You know, shaking hands and kissing babies, and now here comes Toby Leary. Hey, man, I'm a huge fan of your YouTube. You know, I so I didn't do it. I I resisted, and I exercised great restraint. And uh, as much as I wanted to, uh, I could tell the guy was just interested in eating a nice steak. So uh, mm. I didn't I didn't bother him, but uh, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, so that was kind of the cool factor for me uh, being there at Shot Show, especially as a real new uh, gun store owner at the time. I think that was the first or second year I had been in business and uh, just going around and looking at everything and uh, putting the miles on day to day. But Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 14 miles of booths. And uh, I, 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 I think uh, last year, I think I walked 9 or 10 miles in one day. Yeah. Like one day. <laughs> yep. Easy to do. Easy to it, do. It really is. And uh, then, you know, there's people who are really tactical about it. They they have an agenda. They know what day they're going to be on what floor and where and who to talk to and where to go and what to do. I'm just not that organized. Like, that'll never be me. It's going to mm-hmm. be – I have, like, 
certain things I have to do while I'm there. Like uh, there's a bunch of gun university or shot university stuff that I signed up for, a bunch of classes we're going to take. And I'm really glad in this new format that they do them throughout the week instead of all on Monday because that's how it used to be. And yeah. uh, and uh, But so I'm going to get to kind of play the nerd, play the gun reviewer, play the gun geek, and then also, you know, get some good business done and make some good associations, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I look forward to it. And uh, I've never been in any of the, the the big-time parties after hours, so that'll be a new thing for me. Uh, but I will say I don't know how or where the Cry Precision Party is, and I forget what they call it. It's like some guy's name or some family name, and those are always pretty epic. In fact... Have you ever seen those parties? Or uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so the one I went to, the last one I went to, they had, um, and I didn't even see the this stuff. I didn't even know it existed until I got home and I was looking at the Instagram feeds of all the my buddies who were there, and I was like, "What the heck? How am I so in the dark about all this stuff?" <laughs> uh, but this this party, uh, you entered, uh, you entered in through a slide. And oh my gosh! Came into the the you know venue, and everyone was dressed as either like Mario or Luigi or uh, <laughs> you know some of the characters there, and they had a Mario Kart racetrack all the way around the the outside of the party. Wow! People flying around, and then they had tennis ball guns shooting at them as they rode by, like <laughs> oh my like, gosh! This is just. <laughs> pandemonium that sounds awesome i know i was like this is insane why was i not there like you want to talk Uh, about fomo i had uh, serious fomo after that totally totally but anyway uh there's a couple questions here up on the chat uh so can you elaborate on what you personally think a violent crime is and does you do you think that lines up with what the government thinks about violent crime and I know we really put you on the spot today with that. Yeah, I mean, so to me, a violent crime. If you're uh, obviously, if you uh, if you rape somebody, if you beat somebody, if you kill somebody, if you stab them, if you shoot them, even if they don't die, you stab them, even if they don't die, uh, you've got to you got to cause some physical harm to someone. Um, or uh, I think even if you like someone broke into your house and they have a gun and um, they threaten to, to harm you with it, then I'm going to say that to, to me, that's that would fit the criteria for violent crime. Um, you know, robbing money, I don't say robbing money from a bank, but, you know, like the Bernie Madoff stuff, um, I don't want to say it's just money or someone else's money, but, but uh, it's, that's, that's not a violent crime to me. Right. You know, so they they got to do harm to somebody, some some physical harm or threaten some physical harm, and have have some sort of a, a tool where they can they can do so. Yeah, and I think it would also be important to point out the difference between offensive and defensive, and you know, in this use of force continuum that kind of uh, dictates how you could or couldn't be charged legally or even civilly. Um, a defensive shooting event could end up becoming a criminal act, you know, if the pendulum swings one way or the oh, other. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I've uh, I've heard some people say that the the shooting in Houston that happened last week, yeah, at the um, uh, at the the taco place, um, the 
the the first section of the video that I saw looked like it was uh, I don't want to say legitimate, but it looked like a legitimate uh, self you know self defense shoot. Right. You know? um, but then I saw the rest of the video. And the guy, after he was on the ground, the guy went over and, and shot him a few more times. And I'm like, ooh, all right, that could be a little excessive because he's no longer a threat. And we don't – we carry guns to uh, to protect ourselves and to stop criminals from doing bad things, not to uh, not to undead them. Right. The So that use of force continuum, uh, you know, like you just pointed out, the guy shot the guy, no longer a threat, down on the ground, gone away from him. Uh but yeah, he goes up and takes a few more shots. Yeah. Um, now, never having been in that situation myself, I find it a little hard to pass judgment on the guy because um, I I do think emotions would be at an all time high in that situation where uh, where you know you just had a guy threatening you with a gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine what kind of mindset that puts you in or what kind of position that puts you in. So uh, I'm not defending the guy and I'm also not criticizing him because, you know, frankly, I don't know what the heck's going through your head in that situation, never having been there. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, I agree with you. Like if I would want to use the minimum amount of force necessary to end the threat, you know, none of us like wake up in the morning going, hope today's my day to shoot a bad guy. You know, that's just right. not a that's, thing. It's right? not what we do. Yeah, right. absolutely. So we do put a gun on those of us that carry and say, this is for the protection of myself and my families and others that uh, are near and dear to me. And I, God forbid I ever have to use it or I hope I never have to use it. Um, yeah. You know, that's really the, because if you do, your life just changed forever. But I'm just bringing the argument up to say um, that guy went to the went to the sub shop that day, whatever the heck that was. I think it was a restaurant or something that day to, to get dinner or lunch with his partner or friend or relative, whatever the heck, whoever the heck he was in there with. He didn't ask to be put in that situation. And I know that's not a legal defense. It's not a legal defensive argument, but I feel like that should never be construed the same as if he was the initial offender who went out and robbed people. Uh, so I do think there should be a different standard of trial for him, even though he did basically execute the guy after he was down and out of the fight. But I think like there's law and juror instructions about people who invade your home at night. That carries a different weight than people who invade during the daytime, like a home invasion at night might have been an old blue law here in Massachusetts because of the, the um, you know, the implications of coming into someone's house at night was mm-hmm. different than just walking in the door during the day. Neighbors walked into each other's house to borrow butter and margarine and salt and said, hi, and, you know, how you doing? But at night, there was some sort of nefarious intent. So they had a different standard attached to it. So I don't know. I'm just throwing it all out there uh, for a conversation starter. But... Um, yeah, I do think the guy crossed the line, but I don't think it should be he should be tried the same way as if he was, uh, you know, the original offender. But that's my own. Yeah, I, I mean, he's you know, when 
when I first saw the video, you know, I only saw it up to a certain point and I didn't see the shooting, uh, you know, him shooting him while he was on the ground. And I'm like, look, here's here's the deal. The anti-gun folks are going to tell us that law abiding citizens don't use guns to protect themselves. Here's an example caught on video where someone did. Um, He successfully got the shots. Looked like he successfully got the shots on the bad guy. He didn't shoot anyone else. Um, there was nothing on the other side of the bad guy. Like, I don't think anyone was in that section of the restaurant. So it's a safe area. I use air quotes when I say that. Um, and uh, he used he used force to stop stop deadly force. Is it is it scary when someone's walking around and uh, in a restaurant and asking for your money and waving a gun in your face? Ab- absolutely. Did the the bad guy want? Uh, the bad guy wanted people to believe that it was a real gun, and he responded as if it was a real gun, even though, of course, we find out afterwards that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So my my deal is, okay, everything was okay. A couple of extra shots. Oh, that that could be uh, that could be the bad point. But I've I've heard some stories and read some things online that said that in Texas, you know, he's not in trouble. They just wanted to talk to him. Mm. I'm like, okay, so you know, here in occupied territory, that is absolutely going to be an issue. Um, but in Texas, I hate saying maybe not, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why I say if you ever had to use your gun in a defensive situation, uh, your life has changed forever. It, mm. it could be a, um, it could be defensive. It could be uh, totally justified legal shooting. And you know, you know from the USCCA uh, that the the guy um, Jack Wilson who shot that guy in the church in Texas. I mean, there wasn't a more open shot case of justified so, yeah. use of force, but it cost him a hundred grand to defend himself in court. Over, Unbelievable. You know, whether it be civilly or whatever, because uh, and that guy had already shot somebody. Um, yeah. So crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we I don't wish it on anybody that would have to use a gun to defend themselves. But uh, one other quick comment here. Uh, we got Stephen, who's never seen your gun grams. He's going to have to check it out. But he's a Berkeley yeah. grad. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, So I I attended the Berkeley College of Music as well. Nice. And he's a (laughs) jazz trumpet player and a gun lover. So he's offering to harmonize something with 223 or 762 by 39. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. 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 um, Please feel free to reach out and uh, we'll see what we can can work something out. Absolutely. Yeah. You can do a duet. You know, that could be that could be really I, good. So I did this. I'm uh, I'm friends with this this guy John Petrolino, who uh, he's known as the Pen Patriot, and he writes for Amaland. He writes for Bearing Arms, Jam Four Tactical. He writes for um, uh, Langley Outdoors as well. We've uh, had him on the show. Sorry to interrupt. And uh, Professor Claude, make sure you put him down as one of the guests we need to invite soon. But go ahead. Oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> he's got a book too. The book is called Decoding Firearms, and you should. That should be a book that you guys stock and cool. uh, try to have a book signing or something down there. Mm. But um, anyway, so uh, Petra, you know, John's John's friends with me and, and you know, this, this the circle of friends that I run with. So last year for his birthday, I decided to do a gun gram and I had I had a number of people uh, shoot a little cha 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 and then say happy birthday, John. And I put all of this together. I had. Um, uh, Amanda Suffolk from Eye on the Target Radio. I had her brother Rob. He, he, he was he loaded up a muzzle loader, right? Mm, nice. <laughs> um, I had Holly Sullivan from the uh, uh, the Connecticut Citizens Defense League. I had uh, Anthony Calandro from Gun for Hire. I had Tony Simon from the Diversity Shoot. I just had a lot of these people um, 
put little videos together and and you know put the whole thing together as a uh, uh, as a birthday gift for John. It was really cool. That's a lot of fun. That is very cool. Um, I'll definitely have to get him on. We had him on once. It was a great conversation we had, and uh, so we'll have to reach back out to him. But uh, it sounds, I think musicians are very creative people. I'm not one, and uh, I'm not, I'm creative in other ways, but not musically gifted. Uh, I can barely clap on beat, and... um, (laughs) (laughs) See, now, I'm a guy that I, I, I... It, it's not even a second thought for me. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, whatever. Keeping a steady beat's not a big deal. But when I see people that can't do this, I'm like, well, how can they not do this? Are they not hearing the music? Can they not feel where the tempo is? I know good music when I hear it. That's the there point. You, that's, that's, a good, that's a good step in the right direction. Yeah. And uh, I have toyed around with music for a little while. Uh, I tried to do piano once and I tried to do guitar. And uh, I think it's partly... Um, I bet you anyone could do do it if they really desired and put their heart and soul into it and practice and time and effort and energy. Um, but I wasn't willing to commit that kind of a uh, that time, effort, yeah, and energy. You know, yeah, it is learning to play an instrument is a big commitment, absolutely. And um, you know, some people, I, I think, I think a lot of it is a skill, um, you know, and coordination and hand-eye coordination and all that sort of stuff. So if people put time into it, I think they sh- they should be able to get it. If they don't, eh, that's okay too. They can they can uh, they can spin CDs. Yeah, and you know, I do think that uh, there's people that have some sort of natural gifting and ability. Uh, that tends towards that and trends towards that, uh, even some people from a very young age. So there's already some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's a gift. Yeah, there's some, there's some some ability for sure. Yeah. Um, I, my game plan when I was a kid was to be a left fielder for the Chicago Cubs. (laughs) And, um, I, I, I wasn't good at baseball. Uh, I, I tell everyone I spent my baseball career with a glove in my head and a finger in my nose, um, you know, doing nothing in the outfield. I wanted to, I wanted to hit home runs and, uh, yeah, that wasn't happening either. So I realized I played on every song in band and I'm like, all right, I think, I think this is what I'm going to do. Like this, this is cool for me. That's great. And you know, my son, my middle son has that natural gifting. Like he, uh, we get emails from his music teachers at school like, wow, he is amazing. He's picked this up in no time and he's playing the ukulele or the guitar or whatever instrument it is. He's doing it. And I'm, I didn't even know that he was doing it. He doesn't even tell me. I'm like, dude, you're playing ukulele? You've never once practiced at home. I've how- never heard you play at home. Right. Exactly. And how are you like, how am I getting emails from your teacher about how talented you are? You don't even practice at home. And he's like, I don't know. Just, just, (laughs) I don't know. I just do it, you know, and I'm like, dang it, you know, and I gave him the big speech once upon a time of the, the goats and the gazelles. And I said, obviously you're gifted like a gazelle and, and things come very easy for you. So you don't really have to work hard for them. Me, on the other hand, I had to like grind out every win I ever had as a kid or, you know, every homework assignment that got a 71 or better was me, you know, pulling hair out the night before. (laughs) And, you know, he would be like, he sits down at his very highfalutin school and he does his home, all of his subjects of homework in 20 minutes and he's playing video games. I'm like, what the heck, dude? So I'm like, 
if you could treat life like you were a goat and you have to grind every win with the natural gifting and ability that you have, the world is your oyster. Um, and he's like, yeah, all right, can we, can I get back to my video game now? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's driving me crazy, but. Right, you want to give your kids these gems of wisdom, and they're right. like, yeah, we don't have time, old man. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got anything better to say here? Uh, right. you, know, you got anything <laughs> you're else? Way, you're in the way of the TV, scoot <laughs> over. <laughs> yep, so uh, hopefully one of these days uh, he'll see the light and, uh, and start to really grind through life because, uh, man. But anyway, that's the way it works, right? Sometimes absolutely, uh, you get what you pay for. <laughs> Um, but anyway, we're talking to Charlie Cook, who has great podcast or uh, YouTube channel called Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Uh, you can go to YouTube, subscribe to his stuff. You're going to love his content. It's awesome. And uh, you might even see me on there if you go back far enough into the archive. Uh, <laughs> but G-Web's one of our uh, friends here on the chat that follows yeah. along. He, uh, he's, he, that's how he found out about us, about us was actually watching your podcast. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. G, I've run, uh, G Webs is one of these guys. He, you know, uh, what do they call him? The, like the, the tactical Sasquatch, like people, <laughs> people think they see him, but they're not quite sure. Um, so, uh, yeah. So G, uh, G Webs just tunes into, to everything. I see him on the polite society podcast all yep. the time and, and on with, uh, on, on with so many, so many things, man. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad, uh, I did see that G web started following rapid fire. And he said, it's one of my favorite episodes. So hallelujah. Look at that. All I right. Go, uh, but, um, he's looking for a gift card. Don't be, don't <laughs> fool yourself. <laughs> uh, he's one of those connectors, right? Like you got, Oh my gosh, Mavericks absolutely. And connectors. And he's, he's like the, the web. Yeah, I, I, so this is this is pretty cool. I do a, a live show with Matt Mallory, and we give away uh, cert pistols from Next mm-hmm. Level Training. And G Webs won one a couple months ago, and he actually took that and gave it to um, to Clover Tac and Ghost Tactical, and they ended up uh, giving it away this past weekend as well in some some giveaway that they were doing. So that's great. Um, you know, gun folks really are the best folks. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, uh, it's funny you say that because some of the stuff we've given away on this show, I have been re-gifted but that wasn't because i didn't appreciate the gift to me in the first place and along those lines i have uh, i haven't done it because i didn't have the conversation with him yet but i wanted to give away the uh firearm inventors playing cards or the ak-47 set of deck of cards that he made this is some of the projects that he does and they're awesome uh so you got gunwebsites.com if you want to get your own but it's really cool. And then he makes calendars with firearms museums, locations all around the country and stuff like that. But uh, I wanted to make this one of the giveaways, but I didn't want to do it and insult him because he, <laughs> he sent it to me. And I right. didn't want to be like, ah, you know, never look a gift horse in the mouth. I'm giving away stuff I don't want. Crap that clogs my desk. No, it isn't that. It's I think it's a wicked cool gift. And I wanted to. Uh, so maybe... Now that I just outed myself for my plans, uh, you heard me, uh, G-Webs. Maybe we'll like either have to buy more of those so I can give them away. He's but I think I, I'm paying it forward. Yeah, uh, I I feel like that kind of stuff should be re-gifted to people who would be, you know, able to use it's, it and appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you know? ecstatic to get it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, I think that uh, some of the... Uh, projects he works on are 
very helpful to people like me. Like they're going to forget more about AK-47s than I'll ever even know. You know what I mean? Uh, Stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of mavens. He's also a maven, not only a connector, but a maven as far as his knowledge of stuff. And I appreciate that. And it's pretty cool. So, um, and I just got a note uh, from Professor Claude. Did you see the, uh, the tune that I played with a gun a couple years ago around Christmas time? Was it last year at Christmas? I have a on YouTube. I'm not going to ruin it for you guys, but it is my best masterpiece I could muster as far as uh, I, I think I played it a couple songs. Uh, so you're going to have to look that up on YouTube. What's the title of the uh, episode? Can you drop Machine it in the Gun chat? Christmas. It's what? Machine Gun, Machine Christmas. Gun Christmas. Machine and- Gun Christmas. All right. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's got all your favorites on it. You know, we we it, it is. Uh, I, I won't ruin it. You're gonna have to see it. We'll dro- try and drop it in the chat. But <laughs> that's uh that's my um, musical ability right there. I can play songs with machine guns. So uh, that's that's a talent too, man. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes the talent's just having the machine gun. <laughs> yeah. That. that it was certainly easier for me to play than any instrument I've ever picked up. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, someone's saying, am I thinking of re-gifting that AK on the top shelf? <laughs> uh, no, Let's not be crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the link is in the chat. You're going to have to watch it all, you know, if, if you guys want to see it. It's a pretty good, pretty good episode of uh, my, my, uh, my musical abilities. Um, All right. Yeah. I do really kind of – I'm very envious of people who've actually put the time, effort, and energy in to to be good at music because it's a skill that maybe I'll pick up someday, hopefully someday when I have time uh, on my hands, but – you know, I so I, I'm I'm a my day job is is being a teacher at uh, at private school. So I, I mean, I can play all these instruments, all the band instruments. I've had to start taking the violin, uh, teaching the violin. So I had to learn how to play the violin. So kids will say to me, uh, I've had kids say to me, oh, "You you I didn't know you play the flute, Mister Cook." And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I play the flute." They're like, "Well, we we have you in trumpet class. We never saw you play the flute." And then they say, "How many instruments do you know how to play?" And I'm like, uh, "You know what? I know how to play all these instruments. I teach them." Like when you go to music school, this is what you do. I said, what I don't know how to do is balance my checkbook. Like that's that's a real a real skill that you need, and one they don't really teach well in school. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that I I my big music career was in fourth grade. That was the first year you could play an instrument in middle school at my school, and uh, I went for the alto saxophone. And, nice. Yep, and. Uh, I learned how to read some music. I I think I still remember like A, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, uh, I played a couple school concerts. And after like halfway through the first song, I was completely lost on the page. I didn't know where we are. I was looking at the guy next to me. I was trying to catch up. I was just blowing into it and didn't know what was going on. But uh, the the funniest thing was I was in awe of my music teacher who could basically pick up any instrument in the place and play it. And, you know, like it was throwing a baseball and I was like, wow, that's incredible. So you, you obviously, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I can do. Yeah. Well, no, you, you're good at some other stuff too. Don't sell yourself short there, Charlie. Uh, it's all good, but Hey, uh, before we run out of time, how can people find your site and 
follow your all the good all, stuff you all do. The stuff I do. Yes. Well, the the gungrams you can find on YouTube if you look for G U N G R A M. It's just gungram. Um, you can subscribe to that, which is which is great. Um, the other stuff, writing shotgun with Charlie. If you find that on YouTube, you can subscribe to that channel as well and hit the notifications. Uh, I put out shows every two weeks on the second, and fourth Tuesdays. Um, I've had Alan Gottlieb and Masada Yub and Rob Pincus. Um, I've had Kevin Dixie on the show. I've had Hickok Forty Five and Toby Leary. Woo! <laughs> so um, uh, you can watch that on YouTube. You can download it as a podcast and all the podcast outlets as well. And uh, I'm also a, a regular on the Polite Society podcast. And I put out articles called Writing Shotgun with Charlie on Armed Lifestyle Magazine. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for being a part of this show. We're going to have to do it again for sure. I appreciate you being here. God bless, Charlie. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in. Remember, the show ends here, but you can always get some great content at rapidfireradio.us or call and leave a message on the Rapid Fire line or text line 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community. Be an advocate for responsible gun ownership. And together, as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. We will see you next time. <laughs>